for everything geek pop culture. This is Comics Online, baby. Hello again and welcome to the Comics Online podcast. This is a very special podcast that we're doing today. This is for the 50th anniversary of Star Trek. Uh, you guys have heard some of our great interviews that we've done with Jackson Lansing. We also did one with Ulysses Campbell. Uh, but now, uh, I'm very excited about this one because this is one of my GGR uh, co-conspirators. And this is Steve Monick, who is now part of the Comics Online Pirate Radio uh, that we have as well. So everybody say hello to Steve Monick. Actually, I guess I should flip that. I just say I left, I left the pause I would have a second to, uh, okay. to say hello without missing anything important. Oh, that's great. See, look at you always being thoughtful. Way to go, Steve. I appreciate it. Yeah, I, I try and do what I can, you know. <laughs> so it is closing in on the great day, and that is April the 5th. Uh, April the 5th, as you know, is First Contact Day. That's when uh, Zephram Cochran and his crew that ran the Phoenix Warpship first encountered uh, Vulcans um, on Earth. Uh, it was 2063, if I remember correctly, is when they met them. Uh, but we're going to do a... Uh, it's going to be... start. Uh, first contact day is going to be everything Star Trek on Comics Online, so it's pretty exciting. May the Force be with you. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, I like to make jokes, I know. You got jokes. That's, that's hilarious. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so many people just deleted that episode just right there <laughs> they were just like done unsubscribe thanks steve appreciate that uh, just dropped a captain's log all over this podcast <laughs> oh steve's got jokes everybody steve has got jokes <laughs> um the the big thing with all of this man um and and i wish and we might even be able to swing it we'll see if we can do it where we can have you together with everybody else and we can all be on a podcast together in harmony just like see see where i'm going with this just like star trek where everybody of all races, of all genders, of all planets can come together in harmony to create something beautiful. And that's exploration of the galaxy and bringing peace and harmony amongst all the, the inhabitants of this galaxy and all other galaxies. To boldly go. Where no man, no one, has gone before. Look at you. I know. It's awesome, isn't it? Um, uh, real quick, we we've talked about what what Star Trek means to us. And we've also talked about kind of the, the way we described it. We said, what was like your gateway drug into Star Trek? Like mine was uh, the original series movies like Rathacon, Search for Spock, uh, The Voyage Home, things like that. What what was your gateway drug into Star Trek, Steve? So my parents had grown up watching the original series and kind of being of that era where they were kids and it was an adventure. It was something new that people hadn't seen before. And when the next generation came about, that gave them the opportunity to kind of, and I don't know if you've experienced this with your own kids or maybe like a girlfriend or anyone else out there listening, you know, fiance, wife, whatever. If there's something you've been passionate about, you sometimes wish like, God, I wish I could get amnesia so I could rediscover this thing for the first time. And the only way you can really do that is by introducing that thing to someone who you love or someone who's important to you. And I feel like in the early 90s, when me and my little brother were very young, my parents got the chance to do that for us with The Next Generation, where they got to say like, hey, when we were kids, there was this like, 
wicked cool thing. It was space and there was adventures and aliens and stuff like that. And now you guys as little kids get to watch it. And I remember, you know, watching those episodes and I didn't really because it was early 90s and I was pretty young at the time. So I didn't get the full breadth of how sophisticated it was um, at that age. And again, all, you know, I made the joke at the beginning, but all jokes aside, I was more of a Star Wars guy because that was action and flash and there's substance to it, of course, but I feel like the true dividing between Star Trek and Star Wars, Star Trek is about the journey. Star Wars is right there in the title. It's about the war. It's about the action and the fighting. And I think there's a place for both. But when I got older and watched the next generation and those kind of things, I was like, wow, this show had some pretty cool stuff that a little kid could enjoy. But now that I'm older and, you know, more sophisticated and get the deeper plot behind the stuff, this thing is pretty friggin' fantastic. Um, so that was kind of my int introduction into it. And, you know, growing up and everything, watching movies, like I remember watching, uh, you know, generations and everything, which isn't, isn't the best of the star Trek movies. But at the time I was like pretty enthralled with it because it bridged my and generations was kind of the perfect name for it. Cause it bridged, my generation Star Trek with my parents in the same movie. And it was pretty cool to watch Kirk and Picard, our captain and our parents' captain, yeah. running around fighting Malcolm McDowell together. Yeah. I mean, anytime you can get together to beat down my Malcolm McDowell is a good, good time, really. Um, of all of the the things that we've seen with Star Trek, because it's gone, it's had its ups and, ups and downs. I mean, there's been the next generation came out with the movies. Like you said, generations and then first contact came out and that was kind of the high watermark for next generation. After that, you had insurrection, which did not do well at the box office and nemesis, which was just a, a train wreck. And then they rebooted it. I forget that Tom Hardy is like the main bad guy in that you think yeah. of him as like, uh, what's his face from inception and yeah. uh, Bane and everything. And you're like, wow, he's like a legitimate actor. Mad yeah. Max Fury road. And you're yeah. like, Holy crap, was he like 14 that movie? Like he packed <laughs> on so much muscle. Like he looks yeah. like a small baby man. Yeah. And that movie is garbage. Yeah. And you know what's what's crazy about that though? He actually won a Saturn Award, which if you're unfamiliar with Saturn Awards, it's basically like the best of sci-fi. He won a Saturn Award for that role of uh Shinzon, of best actor. Wow. So like even then, I mean, he was kind of like a bright spot in that movie. And that movie had a few moments that were pretty cool, but overall, yeah, it was kind of a stinker. Um, they've rebooted it now. So we've got the new series. Um, we've, we've gone at length. God, I mean, on the website, on the podcast, I have made it very, very clear how I feel about the new Star Trek movies. What's your take on them? I guess as I grew up being a fan of both Star Wars and Star Trek, I can enjoy them, I guess, a little more than someone who's a hundred percent like a true diehard star Trek fan who, who basically was introduced to it to the point where they're like, Oh, this is the sophisticated. I get this and everything like that. Because I, I understand that JJ Abrams basically made star Trek a square peg and tried to jam it into a round star Wars hole, yeah. basically just taking those characters and go, all right, you're going to be on. Okay. You're going to be the Luke. Okay. You're going to be the Leia. Um, it, it, that's what it ended up being. Ahura, Kirk, and Spock are just playing those archetypes. Um, so 
if I look at it as a standalone film and I disregard any other Star Trek history and just kind of look at it on its own, it's a fine film like the first one. And the second one certainly is very action-packed. And I don't know. I, I, I like Benedict Cumberbatch she's an actor and everything yeah. um but when you're and you can't not do it when you compare it to the long long history of star trek it just doesn't hold up and it's so hard for fans and you and i mike on previous podcasts have talked about just the trend of hollywood putting the a label on a movie with any recognizable brand or name old eighties TV show or whatever, just to get people to go see it. Exactly. If that was space adventure movie and that was the name of it, (laughs) I don't think you would have had the backlash that it, it garnered because it was called star Trek. Yeah. I mean, as soon as you, and, and, and they did it to get people to come. Yeah. But that two edged sword swung back the other way and kind of injured them because people are going, all right, if you're going to call it Star Trek, guess what I'm going to compare it to? Yeah. Fucking Star Trek. Yeah. If you call it Space Adventure Movie and I have nothing to compare it to, then I just have to look at it for what it is. And I don't think they're as angry as yeah. people ended up being about it. So on certain levels, I think it's a fine film. You know, There's certainly movies I've seen that are a lot worse. Yeah. But when you look back and compare it to the original, I, it, it's not as good. It just isn't. Yeah. And I got to say, too, um, uh, Ulysses Campbell actually made a really good comparison. He said it's essentially Fast and the Furious in space is what they're making. And it's true. It's frenetic. It's action packed. It's exciting. It's sexy. And a lot of those words that you use to describe these new Trek movies are not words you would use to describe Star Trek. Star Trek is not really sexy. And I mean, short of maybe like, I don't know, Kirk kissed a her. In the yeah. original, that was pretty sexy. And you had those green, yeah. those green chicks, those uh, Orion slave girls. I mean, yeah. Um, but then also too, like you had uh, Seven to Nine and Voyager, which I mean, she had her moments. Um, but ultimately, like it's it, I I can appreciate that it's a new series, and and the the bottom line is this: they're taking something that I love, that I absolutely adored when I was a child, and they're updating it for a new generation. So we're getting new movies. We're getting new products. We're getting new TV series. They're doing a new TV series here too, uh, real, real soon. So it's not yeah. a bad thing in my in my book. And you've already seen a little bit of that same backlash. They really didn't like the trailer for the, the new one, Star Trek Beyond. And Simon Pegg, a confessed Trekkie, said, look, I helped write this movie. Everybody calm down. It was just the cut of the trailer to make it look action-packed. I Trust me, this is going to be a good Star Trek movie. So I have that glimmer of hope that it's not going to be that bad. Because Peg's backing it, you're saying you'll give it the benefit of the doubt. Like you'll go pay it for a ticket and go see it is what you're saying. Yes, exactly. And that's, that is a hundred percent accurate. Now I have actually got a surprise for you. Uh, let me see if Uh-oh. I, can, let me see if I can get him real quick. Hang on one second. Oh my God. Is this Patrick? Are you getting Patrick Stewart on the line? Oh no. Is this Patrick Stewart? Don't do that. That's not fair. Um, uh, <laughs> Hang on. No, it's it's good. I'm trying to get Andy, actually. Andy's going to join us. Oh, my God. I thought you were like, no, sorry. It's just Jonathan Frakes. Never mind. <laughs> don't get it. Oh, I don't want number one. That's messed up, man. <laughs> um, Hang on a second. I don't know how to do it on here. I'm trying to figure out how. 
I have to add somebody into a chat. Where is Andy? There he is. Jonathan Frakes hosted some show, and I can't for the life remember what it was called. But basically the premise was they would have these little dramatic uh, re uh, replays of, of urban legends. Fuck, I know what you're talking about. Yes. And it um, like, it, it's yeah. like, like two of them were true and two of them were false. They'd reveal at the end and make you feel like an asshole. Yes, I I know which one you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, I do remember that. And they'd be like the old urban legends, like the 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 fucking hook on the the on the top of the car, the teenagers <laughs> making out, and like just stupid crap like that. Yeah. Why? And I'm I like, find... what else has that guy done? He was he was Riker. And he was the host of this stupid show. Yeah, he's actually. Did he do anything else? Yeah, he's he's actually a pretty accomplished director. He uh okay. He directed um let me pull him up real quick. Uh, he did he was the one that directed Star Trek First Contact. Never heard of it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> what? What is that? That that must be like an independent film or something. Um I didn't realize he was as old as my dad. Jesus Christ. Uh let's see, what has he done? He apparently he was in a movie called Camp Nowhere. I didn't know that. <laughs> did you know that? Well now you do. No. You can't unknow it now. Uh let's see. Directing. Here we uh, go. Uh me and his bottle of bleach have something to say about that. <laughs> uh he directed The Librarian, which I guess were those TNT movies. Uh Thunderbirds. Hey. I I've watched all those like three times. Thunderbirds. Yeah. No um, Wally, right? Yeah, exactly. Clock Stoppers, Star Trek Insurrection, Star Trek First Contact. Um he directed a lot of the episodes of on TV. He directed Voyager. He directed Roswell. He directed an episode of The Twilight Zone. Uh, Dollhouse. That, um, sure. that uh, what's his name? Fuck, why can't I think of his name right now? Joss Whedon. Thank you, Joss Whedon. Whedon. Uh, he did uh, Castle. He did Castle. He did NCIS Los Angeles. Yeah, he's a busy dude, man. I'm looking at all the shit that he's done. Wow. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, all right, Jonathan Frakes, I take back every little snide joke I just made. You're awesome. I like... Two thirds of those things Mike just mentioned. Make it so. Um, <laughs> here we go. But joining us now on the podcast, just beaming in, fresh from West Virginia. And actually, I just realized this is the first time that Steve and Andy get to talk because this is like the original. It was like me and Steve doing this together, and then we brought in Andy as like our our extra helper. I don't even what what nerd parlance can we use where there were two guys fighting crime together, and then they brought in a third dude. Like Batman and Robin, and then Andy is like Batgirl, or Alfred. I'm, Do you want to be Alfred or Batgirl? Uh, I guess I'll go with Alfred since he doesn't have boobs. All right, I'll be I'll be Batgirl then. <laughs> if, be Batgirl. if that's the metric we're using to deciding our roles, I'm I'm a very voluptuous Batgirl. <laughs> but taste. Can we just go with the batman robin nightwing dynamic instead of involving hey you know what there you go there you go i like i like andy's thought you know i mean i guess so, yeah but if we're following the original timeline so mike's batman i'm nightwing that makes you fucking jason todd you're gonna get blown up and go nutso because of the fucking lazarus pit my man but just remember already... too that everybody called in to kill you just so well, you know everybody wanted you dead we don't want you dead you could be <laughs> tim drake <laughs> to be fair I, I, I already am nutso living in West Virginia, so he, he you know, I'm already there. Valid, he raises valid points, Steve. But I have a better analogy. 
okay. you guys, you, Steve, and Vic are Bankman, Egon, and Ray, and I'm the Winston. Oh, shit. Oh, hell yeah. There it is. There Boom. It is. And now, and the Ghostbusters music comes right in right there. Look at that. That's fantastic. Uh, Andy, we are talking everything Star Trek because we've got the 50th anniversary of Star Trek this year. Uh, April 5th is First Contact Day, if you're familiar with uh, Star Trek lore. Um, so we're just talking about all, all the things that we love about Star Trek. Um, Steven talked a little bit about how he first got introduced to it with Next Generation uh, when he was a kid because his parents were uh, original series uh, fans. How did you get introduced to, uh, to Star Trek? Um, I don't remember exactly because I didn't really become a fan until the first Abrams movie. Okay. But, but you know, it, it gets referenced in pop culture a lot. So, um, I remember uh, a neighbor up the street being obsessed with The Next Generation. And I never took the time to watch it because I didn't know when it was on. But once that Abrams movie came out, I started watching the old, older movies and watching the older shows. And I started getting into it and I really dig it. I actually think it's, in a lot of ways, it's better than Star Wars. I like, see, I like this guy. I like this guy. He's a smart guy. This so is why I'm glad we brought him on. Let me ask you then, Annie, because I feel like you're one of the rare examples of someone who didn't have a lot of preamble then going into the movie, like the Abrams movie. We were just talking about that before you popped on and how like everyone's like, oh, well, it's not as good as the original Star Trek. And he's just trying to make it Star Wars like as much as anyone living in America can not know about it. Like, did you go into it with a pretty clean slate and just go, I'm just going to sit here and this is about um, I basically went into it going like this grabbed my attention and it was, a, uh, it was, you know, the open, it was the, uh, the gateway drug that is Star Trek. So I like the Abrams movies, uh, but it's the older stuff that I really appreciate it for. Okay. So good deal. So that coming from that end, then when you saw, since you saw it first, you saw Abrams movies first, did you then almost go back and see William Shatner playing Kirk and being like, oh, okay, well, this actually fits. They're kind of the, it was a pretty good casting job because we all saw it the other way around where it was like, wow, Chris Pine really is very similar to James T. Kirk. This is kind of how we originally saw him when he was in the original series. Um, for me, it was, I was familiar with the archetypes of the characters that everybody was imitating. So, and let's face it. So did, so did JJ Abrams. He put all those archetypes in the movies. Yeah. You know, all the stereotype stuff we take, we, we know Star Trek for. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, uh, sorry, I'm being really, I'm being distracted at the moment. <laughs> um, <laughs> it happens. Yeah, don't worry about it. Squirrel. Uh, so, um, yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't really know. I didn't really have much to compare it to, but I was so like, I thought Chris Pine did a great job. Um, uh, you know, despite having nothing compared to, I think, I thought, he didn't have to make, he made it his own without having to reference, you know, Shatner or anything like that. Um, and yeah, I really dug it. I thought it was, the, the funny thing about that is I, um, when I first started hearing rumblings about them redoing Star Trek, like back in the late nineties, they were talking about having, uh, Matt Damon as Kirk. Do you remember that at all? I do. Yeah. And they, and I, from what I understand, he wanted to do it, but then they were like, oh, you're too old now. So they got a guy who, in my opinion, looks almost identical to Matt Damon which is Chris Pine. <laughs> well, Chris Pine was cre created in a laboratory combining uh, Matt Damon and Ben Affleck's DNA. I don't know if you knew that or not, but yeah. I, I would expect something much greasier. 
<laughs> With know. Uh, I know I know you wrote an article um, on GGR and it's now on Comics Online as well um, about your trepidation with uh, the new uh, Star Trek Beyond. Um, do you still feel that way even after Simon Pegg kind of came out and said, hey, I'm giving you the stamp of approval on this one. It's not going to be as bad as it looks. Well, that's what I said in my article. I said I trust Simon Pegg because he's a he's a damn good writer. Yeah. And uh, he he's a fan himself. And I, I'm sure if he really didn't like it, he probably wouldn't be a part of it. But um, but yeah, I trust him as a writer even more than as an actor because okay. even like have you, have you ever seen Spaced the uh, show he did before Simon, before Shaun of the Dead? No, Steve, have you ever seen it? No. It's it's a hilarious show, and there's a lot of sci-fi references. It was it's it's let me put it this way: it's a good British version of the Big Bang Theory before the Big Bang Theory was. It, it's filled with all kinds of like nerd geek jokes that we get, but it doesn't like put nerds in like a bad light, you know. I, I kind of want to see it's this not, now, actually. Pandering. That's how I always felt about. I guess that's the term I always associate with Big Bang Theory: pandering yeah. to nerds. <clears throat> yeah. 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 Big Bang Theory does a lot of that. It's almost like they say they they have like a list before they write their script. All right, we got to put this many Star Trek references, uh, this many Doctor Who ones, and every time you say something uh, current like Doctor Who, you got to turn and look at this screen and like wink. Okay, can you do that? All right, thanks, Sheldon. <laughs> oh man, fucking Sheldon! Fuck that I show. That. I hate that goddamn guy. And he's in everything now too. Like Jim Parsons. Who is Jim Parsons? Oh. It's like the, the, I, you can't get enough. They people love him for some reason, and I still can't figure out why people like, he's such a twat. Like, I just want to punch him in his throat. Like, I don't know why people like him. Uh, he doesn't bother me that much, but compare, if I compare Jim Parsons to people out there who annoy me, like, uh, like Melissa McCarthy, I can't stand. I don't see what the big deal is with her. Speaking of fucking Ghostbusters, but the, the, the Star Trek <laughs> thing, so let's not get on that, but geez. We can actually, we can, if you'd like, actually, we can get on that because what we'll do is we'll wrap up this Star Trek thing here in a second and then we can just keep going and talk about all Let's other things, geek pop culture. Um, so to kind of close out this Star Trek thing, in a perfect world, you've got um, Q. Q just shows up one day on your doorstep and he's like, you get to have one piece of Star Trek technology in your everyday life. Steve, we'll start with you. What are you choosing and why? Okay. See, that's a great question. Because there's, in my opinion, only two correct answers because you only get to have one of them. It's either the <clears throat> teleporter, yeah, or it's the fucking what do you call it? The, the, the materializes all the food and all the shit. Oh, the that replicator. they get on the, the replicator. Thank you, yeah. Because if you only get one, like you can't just say, well, the enterprise, because eventually that fucker's gonna run out of fuel. Like, you don't get the brilliant spheres. You can't go anywhere. You're going to get stuck. You know, you can't do it. But if you have a functional replicator, because it just makes whatever you want, you just you get to save so much on your grocery bill. You get to have whatever you want, the best meal of your life every single night, or the teleporter, because I feel like that would just make things so much simpler in my life, where yeah. I just go, hey, coordinates, boom, that's where I am now. Transport just, me to, transport like me to work. It me yeah. so much time. Yeah. Andy, what about you? They're both very selfish. I, I, I completely <laughs> admit that. But I feel like all the other technology in the show requires more technology, and you're only allowed to have one piece. 
and they really wouldn't be as fun. It's kind of like, well, what superpower do you want? Oh, flight. Well, if the only thing you get is flight, you're going to be really cold and the little rocks and shit that are going to fly through and like rip <laughs> through your face while you're flying and stuff. It doesn't <laughs> work without the other powers combined with it. So uh, it's a stupid answer. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, Andy, what about you, man? What are you choosing? Your your answer is not as stupid as mine because it's not with all the stuff in Star Trek you think it'd be something outrageous and amazing. Um like like yeah, I would I would probably want a starship to myself or the hollow deck maybe. But oh, more holodeck. than a deck, fucking great call. <laughs> well, here's the thing I would choose over the hollow deck, and it's so lame, you guys are probably gonna kick me off. <laughs> but do you remember in uh the fourth movie? Um where McCoy is in the hospital and he's like, he's like, the, the medical field is outrageous in this period yeah. of time, you know? Yeah. And the lady's like, you help me grow back my kidney or some shit like that. Yeah. Well, well, you know, you, you know, this Mike, I struggle with diabetes and it's yeah. not a fun thing. And I would love to have that kind of medicine where I can just grow a new pancreas, you know, and I don't have to worry about shit like that. Andy, why would, that's, we, kick that's you, why, why would we kick you off for that, man? That's like, that's yeah, what genius. the hell? Like, yeah, I mean, I, I'm glad I went first now because I, if my answer was after yours, you're like, I want to help mankind by helping them clone new organs and stuff. And I'm like, <laughs> I want a box in my house that I can get a back anytime I want. Like, that's my answer. You got like, to make way too much credit. Little box. And you're like, I want to help all the sick kids in Africa. <laughs> no, you guys are giving me way too much credit. I could give a shit about the rest of mankind. I want that <laughs> damn pill. I want the new pancreas. You're like, I just want to go on drinking binges and just get new livers whenever I want or whatever. Yeah, you put it that way. That sounds even better. Yeah. Hey, whoa. See, but the technology is all you need. The ability to replicate a new whatever it is. It doesn't just have to be the pancreas. It can be any of those. So, I mean, that's a, that's a great way to go. Um, this let me is put the... to you this... Go ahead, man. Sorry. No. Um, let me put it this way. I would, and let me cheat and just say I would rather just be in that time because compared to so much of the, the stuff going on now that we have to worry about, things are so much better in that date. Like, things like prejudice is not such a big thing going on. Yeah. Like, you look at this presidential election, I'm worried we're going to be set back to the Stone Age based on who's running, you know? Yeah. So we can get either the... Like, depending on who's elected, we can either get Star Trek or we can get the Flintstones. And I want Star Trek. <laughs> I'd rather have Star Trek, not the Flintstones. Um, I Could it that's... be both? I distinctly remember an episode of the Flintstones meeting the Jetsons. Let's just make that shit happen. <laughs> hey, you wanna... Well, you know, in Star Trek, there's, pro there's probably a plant that has, you know, uh, what's it called? Like, caveman planets or that's something, true. you know? That's true. And you could travel to that caveman planet. Um, there was an episode where Kirk had found a uh, had got stranded on a planet that was like pre everything. Like they were basically like wearing loincloths, but for some reason they had gotten a hold of the the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution, and they treated them like holy relics. And it was just an excuse for J James T. Kirk slash William Shatner to stand there and just be really patriotic because he was like he was like, and we the people decide. And you're just like, all right, this is you guys ran out of ideas this season, didn't you? Like it was. It was pretty bad, but they're out there. And I, or if I think, you have the holodeck, you can just go to whatever time you want. That's true. You could create whatever 
sleazy thing you wanted to create on the holodeck. That's that's the other question that I have too. Is I know that humanity has evolved in the future, like in the Star Trek realm, but like, are there just like gigs and gigs and gigs of holodeck porn that the Star Trek that like the Enterprise <laughs> crew is? I'm created? glad you said it, not me. Because like I'm just I'm just imagining like you know Lieutenant Bar- Barkley, for instance, like he's kind of weird. I mean, he had that weird like Robin Hood thing that he created. I'm sure there was something that was a little bit more you know raunchy. That he did with uh, oh yeah his clone of well, uh, you com- got to figure too like humanity as far as it will ever go there's still going to be those innate moments of passion and emotion and stuff so even though like maybe the racism bigotry that kind of stuff has gone the wayside you know there's still someone who made like a freaking Deanna Troy modeled porn holodeck. <laughs> <laughs> she walks in data's trying to figure it out because he's like i don't understand why you would do that you know he's being all data like someone's getting slapped i mean someone's getting phaser fucked with that you know what i mean someone's getting in trouble Commander so Riker that's, is explaining I think that's porn to data. the majority of strife will come from in the future is people being reckless with the holodeck i just ima- Dude, i'm just well, imagining the Riker speech to data about porn like well data sometimes a man just needs to be alone in the holiday. He's like, we have your emotion chip, and we tried that. didn't go well. Here's your libido chip. Let's <laughs> put your, that in and see how that goes. <laughs> here's your boner chip. <laughs> Dude, you know. I think, like, we're business. Business. I think we need to get right on a different kind of uh, movie here. Oh, my God. That's frightening. Uh. Well, they're doing, they're doing VR porn nowadays, so it's not That's that true. far of a thing, you know? It's and you know Riker probably knows where to get all the good holodeck porn. Exactly. Because he's yeah. Riker. He's, yeah, of course. Of course he knows. He's banged. He was only second to James C. Kirk in the amount of alien broads that he banged. Um, yeah, exactly. I think that you hit on something that, that was my answer, Andy, um, and I'll kind of go from there. I, I want, I wish time travel existed because they do it all the time in, in Star Trek, but I would want to live in that, that time when, because ever since I was a little kid, I, I've been obsessed with the stars, with, with space. Like, I've always... If I, I mean, every time the, it's a clear night, I go out and I, I stare at the stars. I stare at the moon. Um, I would love to explore the galaxy. I would love to be in a ship that's not there to explore and take this name in the in the land or take this planet in the name of Earth and our Federation. No, explore and teach and enrich other cultures' lives, and not have to worry about racism and bigotry and have everybody working for that common goal. Um, that to me is what I would want to take away from that. I mean, I would well, also too. I want to be able to fire photon torpedoes. Let me be honest. <laughs> like, you're like, I love the idea of peace and humanity being great. Also, I want to blow shit up. I mean, yeah. Like, can't you have both? Like, of course, someone's gonna want to try to stop our our peace and loving thing. It'll be like some Klingon decloaking off the starboard bow, and I'm gonna blow that motherfucker up. Like, you don't stand in my way of peace. Goddamn it. You're gonna have peace, or we're gonna kill you trying. <laughs> and then I'll say things like, "See, that would be the problem, though, is I would use like like 21st century lingo, and they'd be like, "What the hell is he talking about?" I'd be like, "Yeah, America," and they'd be like, um, "What? Wasn't that awesome, guys? High five! Uh, what's a high five, sir? God damn it!" You just like blown to pieces. I'm here to chew bubble gum and kick ass, and I'm all out of bubble gum. And they're like, bubble gum. This does not compute. Everybody's like, what the hell is he talking about? 
You guys don't understand me. Steve and Andy would have got this joke. <laughs> you don't know who Roddy Piper is. You guys suck. Oh, man. All right. So I think that is that is a great way to close out our Star Trek uh, podcast series that we did here. Um, thanks again to Andy Barsh for coming on, man. I appreciate you, you coming on our Star Trek special. Uh, thanks again to Steve Monick as well. You guys stay tuned for more of our shenanigans because there will be... Um, more Comics Online Pirate Radio. There'll be more Comics Online podcasts. We're going to have more of this coming out. Uh, But signing off here uh, for everybody. um, Live long and prosper, but more importantly, for everything geek pop culture, this is Comics Online. All right, guys. So that was Andy Barch, Steve Monick, and Mike Lunsford talking Star Trek. Who am I? Well, I'm the Joker, the clown prince of uh, I mean, Ben Zombie Bedgood, one of the regulars on the podcast. Mike is under the weather, so I'm in control. <laughs> ah, but seriously, we have one more interview. Mike and Kevin interview John St. John, the voice of Duke Nukem. Yeah. All right. So, uh, so John. Dude. You're back. I'm back. You're back. You were. Hey. It's it's almost as if you were never gone. You know what we should oh. do, Kevin? Instead of just having him via our com links, we should mm-hmm. beam John in. Why don't we beam him in? Okay. All right. So we're gonna bring him in right now. There we go. Oh, what the hell was that? <laughs> Sorry about that. We're still wow. uh, trying to stabilize the matrix, John. But we appreciate you letting us uh, test it on your DNA first. Damn, all, right. all the hairs in my butt cracker standing up. <laughs> That's mighty uncomfortable. All right, so joining us on our Star Trek 50th anniversary podcast special, uh, we've had a couple of people, but none with a voice as ballsy as the guy we're about to introduce. His name is John St. John. You may have heard him from such things as Duke Nukem. Um, he is got Maybe. One of the, maybe, possibly. Um, or, I mean, as we found out in our earlier podcast, too, you are... The voice of, um, which channel was it again in San Diego that you're the voice of? CW6 here in San Diego, California. <laughs> that is the coolest voice, man. Um, but we're, we've got John here uh, today because we want to talk about Star Trek. That's what we've been doing. This is the, um, they're celebrating their 50th anniversary. Space, the final frontier. These are the awesome sound effects that John St. John can make. His continuing mission. Sorry, I I, I would have brought the real theme if I'd known. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry. Uh, I'm sure Michael play it by this anyway. I will. All I have is goofy sounds to share. I'm I'm so sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Ha! I'm so fast. John, um, are you are you a big Star Trek fan? Um, I'm pretty big, and I like Star Trek. So yes, I'd say I'm a big Star Trek fan. <laughs> what what was the series or the movie that that really brought you into the Star Trek fold? You're just saying this because you want me to admit how old I am. The original Star Trek, of course. So were you watching it uh, as a kid? Was it? Yeah, I was a child when it came out, and then uh, as a teenager, it was in reruns. And then uh, what really got me, you know, hooked was the the motion pictures when they made those. And uh, I'm a big Next Generation fan. That was my series that I loved. I also, by the way, 
Um, the station I work for now, uh, we just mentioned a moment ago, CW6 in San Diego, was a Fox affiliate back when um, um, Deep Space Nine came out. Yeah. And so to promote the show, we had the stars uh, of the show all come down here to San Diego for a party where I was dressed as a Klingon in full Hollywood regalia. Oh, that's fucking and awesome. And I, I have no photos of it, unfortunately. Oh. I know some were taken, but I never got any. But that was the most bitchin' costume ever. And I've been a you know a Star Trek Next Gen and, and Voyager and uh, Deep Space Nine fan, mostly, even though I grew up with the original series. Yeah, no, I got started as a kid. Um, my dad was a, was a big Trekkie, and I got started with the original series movies. So... Like the first one that I ever saw was was Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock because uh, we we bootlegged it off of uh, ABC when it was running it, um, and then mm-hmm. and then we went back and I, I got to see Rathacon, which was amazing and I, I fell in love with it and it came out right at the time as I was growing up and introduced me to the next gen series because that came out right after I had seen these movies so I, same thing I got the original series hooked me and then next gen and Voyager the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Now, as far as like your favorite, if you had if you had to pick one series that was your absolute favorite, what would you say? Next Gen, definitely. Were there any uh, of all the characters of all the the crew of the USS Enterprise? What, who was like your go to guy? The one that you I wouldn't say like that you found the most appealing, but like the one that you were just like, all right, this guy's on screen. I got to pay attention to what's going on. Picard was really cool, and I and I liked Data's character a lot too. Those were the two that really, uh, you know, struck a chord with me. Was there a particular villain that they had that was just like, oh, wow, without a doubt, the, the Borg, and 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 also Q, John Delancey's Q character was just, man, I love that guy. Yeah, and I gotta say, the Borg are easily the most frightening villain that we've ever seen on star trek like there's absolutely i mean who, who seriously who's fucking scared of a romulan they're, they're just <laughs> they're lizard men for god's sake for god's sakes yeah with with what we've been seeing i mean have you been a, a fan of the new movies that uh the abram that abrams uh was helming there for a while um yeah yeah i'm a i'm a fan of any star trek movie i just love the whole concept and and um uh... The, the writing is always very good, I think. The stories are intriguing. So, yeah, it doesn't matter what the Star Trek film is. I'm going to see it. I, I'm that big a fan, yes. With that being said, is for, for a lot of people, when it comes down to sci-fi, it's, it's normally you'll hear the, the argument of which one do you like more, Star Trek or Star Wars. Um, the people who are Star Trek fans seem to like it for a very particular reason. Is there any particular reason that you have that you're a Trekkie? Uh, yeah, I think all of the uh, the things that actually were brought to life by Star Trek. Uh, our cell phones are a good example of that. Um, there are actually a, a number of, of, of things that came out of Star Trek. I think William Shatner, didn't he host a show, William Shatner's Universe or something like that, that pointed out all of the things that Star Trek inspired? I mean, that sounds like something that he would have done. I mean, he, he's, he's very <laughs> yeah. self-absorbed anyway, so... Yeah, and Star Wars to me is all just fantasy, but Star Trek is like, that could be very well be our future. Yeah, yeah, and that's something that I've always loved about it is the the hopefulness that it has that we can have the entire human race working together and not be divided by racism, not divided by sexism, that we can work together mm-hmm. for the common goal of bringing peace to the galaxy, not just to our own planet. And Exactly. 
it's something that I think resonates today. I mean, it's it's 50 years old now, but this is still a very viable concept that everyone should embrace. And same thing, like, yeah, I have my issues with the new Abrams movies, but ultimately there's nothing wrong with taking something that I loved as a kid and opening it up for everyone to enjoy. I concur. <laughs> so do you have any uh, any particular episodes that, that, uh, that, that you love uh, seeing over and over? Uh, I couldn't really nail it down to any particular episode, to be honest with you. I just enjoy the, the series. Um, nothing really jumps out. I mean, they were all good. I, I think the episodes with Q and with the Borg, again, really intrigued me the most. But yeah. I'm not that big a geek that I'm going to go, oh, episode six, where they did. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I, I don't go there. Homie, don't play that game. Fair enough. Yeah. I'm an old guy. Yeah, well, that's, that's, that's to be expected. Get off then. my lawn, you little bastards. <laughs> Sorry. Had to go there. Yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, is, is it Needle bad that in my thread. head I'm thinking of all the episodes that I have memorized half of the dialogue of because I was that big of a fan? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're a giant nerd. I know you guys are giant nerds. I am a huge nerd. Of course you are, and that's there's not a makes... damn thing wrong with that. I think it's pretty awesome. That's I'm why he you're makes just such a different a generation from me. You know, I didn't have all this internet and all this instant gratification that you had growing up. Hell, I had to look at magazines to stroke it. <laughs> <laughs> you <laughs> damn kids! Geographics, for God's sake! <laughs> oh, that's depressing, John. Yeah, the struggle right? Right? was real. Yeah, the struggle was real. <laughs> um, so. Uh, when it comes to uh, future versions of Star Trek, do you have anything that you'd like to particularly see? Yes, me in one of them. Oh, that I would really like to see. I would. Really I'd love like to, to leave that. a mark in film. That's something that like lasts forever. You know. Would you now? What what kind of uh, live action work have you done? None. 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 I've I've done none. Wow. <laughs> I don't do on camera, man. But would you for a Star Trek show? Oh, hell yeah. You betcha. <laughs> yeah, they are I, filming. Yeah, 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 yeah. And a really cool costume is maybe a Klingon or a Romulan or something. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Yeah, or maybe it, something that, that requires uh, a, a, a VO actor, but then it doesn't really matter who's in the suit, so they might as well put you in it as well. Oh, there you go. That would be cool. As long as I'm not, as long as I'm not wearing a red shirt, I'm perfectly happy with this. <laughs> like That's some big-ass alien... That's yeah. you, know, you got to put somebody in it, and so I they could might... talk like a Klingon, you know. In Star Trek Online, I'm Bavat, Ambassador Bavat. Oh that's yeah, awesome. yeah, that's right. I saw. I that. forgot yeah. to mention that, and he speaks like this, like all Klingons do, as though there's something in the way of their front teeth. <laughs> Almost a little Sean Connery there too, like. Yes. Well, I, I spoke to Sean just the other day. I, 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 I called him up and I said, Sean, what are you doing today? He goes, I'm just shitting around. I said, You're what? He said, I'm just shitting. I said, are you kidding me? He said, no, I'm shitting you. So, <laughs> said, uh, Gentlemen, welcome to The Rock. He's always shitting somewhere, thinking. Sorry. That was he terrible. Is. That Losers was terrible. always complain about doing the best. Winners go home and fuck the prom queen. <laughs> I like you, boy. Why don't you come over to my house and fuck my sister? <laughs> Sorry, I flashed back on Full Metal Jacket for some reason. It, it, ha right. it happens. It happens. Everybody it's PTSD, has I think. Yeah. <laughs> Please send us pics of your sister after the show. 
so uh, do you, when, when it comes to any of the, the classic creatures, um, do you feel like you could you could voice any of these uh, the, the, the the snarling uh, Gorn or, yeah, or any I of these was, other type of I was gonna say folks? I could totally see him as a Gorn like yeah. oh yeah yeah that that's that kind of stuff is easy to do vocal effects and you know just mouth noises those those are easy to do yeah I, I could definitely see myself playing one of those roles for sure. Well, hey, thanks for joining us on our uh, Star Trek 50th anniversary special, John. We really I, appreciate you it. You guys have been doing this for 50 years? Wow. 50 years. <laughs> you don't sound that old. No, no, it's no, a collective number. Yeah. <laughs> add all, all, of, yeah add all of our experience together is 50 years. There you go. And assimilate. Well, yeah. it's been my pleasure being here. Thank you, guys. Uh, thanks for having me. So that was part two of our Star Trek podcast special. Big thanks to Stephen Monick, Andy Barsh, Kevin Gaswan, and the man with the ballsiest voice ever, John St. John. But we're not done yet. Stay tuned for episode three, which will be featuring Mike, Kevin, Kate, and myself, Zombie. Builders to going off like Yamaha bombs. Switch your internet browser to commerceonline.com.